I speak to you in the name of our one God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. In the daytime, Nicodemus doesn't think he needs Jesus. He is a Pharisee identified with protecting and interpreting the law and the Mosaic tradition. During the day, Nicodemus knows who he is, where he needs to go, and what he is expected to say in all circumstances. He knows how to answer hard, interpretive questions about the law and tradition. Daytime, Nicodemus feels safe. Nighttime, Nicodemus feels uncertain. In the Gospel of John, that's what we should expect from nighttime. The author of the Gospel of John uses day and night to contrast circumstances and conditions of the heart, mind, and faith. For instance, Jesus tells us in John chapter 9 that night is coming when no one can work. And in John chapter 11, Jesus says, those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. Nicodemus gets this. In the nighttime, Nicodemus has questions for Jesus, questions that are not safe to ask during the day. He follows a long line of those who question God. Like Thomas at the Last Supper who asked, how can we know the way? John the Baptist, when he was in jail, who asked Jesus, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? He's like Mary who asked, how can this be since I am a virgin? And even like Abram, who might have wondered in connection with our reading from Genesis, how can I leave all that I know for the uncertainty of the unknown? The answer is Nicodemus has during the day found in his work interpreting the law, do not comfort him at night. Those answers, that professional work, don't help him at night. Nighttime, Nicodemus has arrived in a place of not knowing and not understanding. He has only questions. He is a stranger in a foreign land. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. It's a powerful line because I think in some sense we all come to Jesus at night. When we feel lost and confused, made uncomfortable by the questions of our life and faith, when we want to ask how can these things be like Nicodemus, that's when we enter into the same nighttime as he did. In the daytime, we don't ask these questions. Our day begins as soon as we check in with the world through text, email, or the news when we wake up. We manage to make ourselves look presentable on most days so that we can get our children to the bus or to school or get ourselves to work or Home Depot or Michaels or whatever the activities are that make up our day. We are often running with so much to fill our time that we can't or don't even think to ask the questions of, life and faith. We live just fine, thank you very much, in the daytime with a sense of security and identity. For it's the life we create and we build through work and relationships and care. I'm not saying that we don't pray to God or that God doesn't guide us. No, it's just that we have this illusion that our daytime lives are fully under our control and that gives us great comfort. 
And then through the circumstances of life, a call from God or a crisis of faith, we suddenly find ourselves with Nicodemus in the night. Something makes us realize that the world that we've created and recreated has left us, as it always does, living a life a little bit less than God would have us live. And suddenly, our daytime answers no longer match the nighttime questions, and we stumble. Yet we need the nighttime of our lives so that we learn how to let go of our daytime selves so that we can ask God the hard questions, what God is calling us to do and be in this life, what Jesus means for us in this life, and how we can be born anew in the likeness of Christ. Then we have to sit and wait with our questions. We have to wait in the darkness because our temptation is to try to find the answer, the key, the solution to where God is leading us to what comes next on our faith journey. We are desperate to find a way out of the darkness, the discomfort, the sitting with the questions as fast as possible in whatever way possible. I read a story not long ago about a woman who was a resident in a group home for those with brain injuries. Several years before, the woman had been attacked as she walked home from a party at night. Her head hit the sidewalk so hard that in the course of the assault, she'd never be the same again. She could no longer live alone or care for herself. She remembered just enough of her life before the attack, when she'd been a painter and a teacher, that she was miserable in the group home and desperate to return to her own house. She refused to accept the explanations as to why she couldn't go home. She came to believe that in order to be released, she had to recite the correct combination of numbers to her caretakers, whom she saw as captors. Nine, three, four, eight, zero, two, one, nine, zero, seven, two. She'd say as they fed her dinner. Six, five, five, two, oh, nine, one, seven, eight, three. She'd say as they bathed her and got her ready for bed. Five, five, four, two, three, oh, one, eight. She'd say when she got up the next morning and so on, and so on. But no matter what she said, she would never crack the code. There was no code. There was the, only the fact of her life, now so very changed. The story is incredibly hard, and the woman's nighttime is real. And thankfully, this is not the nighttime which most of us experience. And yet the truth of the matter is that when we enter the nighttime like Nicodemus, there is no code. There is no code for us to crack. Our nighttime of faith is not a problem to figure out or a situation to resolve. As Jesus told Nicodemus, the wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. God's spirit is at work and we sit and we wait in the nighttime. Now this is not the dark night of the soul as articulated by St. John of the Cross and others. That's when we feel the sharpness of God's absence 
No, this is the nighttime, the darkness of questions and wonderings when we sit in the presence of God. For it is not God's absence we are facing, but often our own. But we are not alone. In the darkness, we have our questions and we have God's promises. There in the wind that blows where it chooses. God promises Abram in our first reading three things, each beginning with I will. God says, I will show you the land. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. Abram doesn't even know who God is at this point and we don't yet know Abram. After God scattered the people for building the Tower of Babel, we have a genealogy in which we learn that Abram's father, Terah, traveled from, the Ur, of, from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, but he stopped at Haran and settled there. Haran means crossroads. Abram is at Haran, the crossroads of his life when God speaks to him and tells him to leave behind everything that has given him identity, country, kindred, and his father's house to go to a new place. Abram is being called out of the daytime into the nighttime to uncertainty and questions and wonderings. None of who he is matters in the new land to which he is going, just as our daytime identities don't mean much in the nighttimes of our lives. But Abram has God's promises. I will show you the land. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. And so do we. These are God's promises to us, for God promises not answers to our questions so much as new life. God promises us, I will show you where to go. I will make you into whom I need you to be, and I will bless you and keep you. This is the work of God's Spirit. God's Spirit comes and reforms and reshapes us into the likeness of Christ. This is the new life that comes in the nighttime of our journey of faith. Yet as we wait in prayer and here in community, our eyes begin to adjust to the nighttime and we find that it is not all dark, that there is more light than we realize. Indeed, as Sister Joan Chittister says, there is light in us that only the darkness can illuminate. She goes on, the nighttime brings spiritual vision, and that vision illuminates the rest of our life. This is the light, this is the light that comes over us when we finally surrender to the ultimate truth that God is God, we are not God, and God loves us so much that God gave God's Son for us to have life. When we surrender to this vision of God, we find clarity and calm. For life is not about us. Rather, we are about finding life. So there is no code. There are only God's promises of life for us. There is only the light in us, illumined by Christ the light above all and shines in the nighttime to guide us to our new land, our new selves in Christ, and to the blessing of eternal life, now and always. Amen.